Hey, my name's Jeremy, and I have the privilege of serving as the lead pastor here at Shelter Cove. And I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in with us today. I firmly believe you're going to be encouraged, you're going to be inspired, but most of all, that God's going to do something through this message that's going to move you closer to Jesus. Thanks again for tuning in. Welcome, so glad that you're joining us today. My name is Jeremy. I have the privilege of serving as the lead pastor here at Shelter Cove. And if this is your first time here, or if you've been joining us for several months or years, I just wanna say I am so glad that you're joining us as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, if you're kind of newer to Shelter Cove, let me just share a little bit about our church. Our church is all about God's love, God's truth, and God's grace. In fact, we take the Bible very seriously. We are a Bible teaching, Bible believing church. So we take God very seriously, but at the same time, we don't take ourselves very seriously. Our mission statement is reaching and raising authentic followers of Jesus. In other words, we have a huge heart for the lost, those that don't yet know God, and yet our passion is to see people develop into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. So I'm just so glad that you're here with us today. And church family, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for all that you've been doing over the last several weeks. I am blown away to see all that God is doing through you, his church. I think about our seniors. Seniors, we love you. Uh, it has been a blessing to take care of you, bring you food, run errands for you. In fact, if there's anything else we can do over the coming weeks as you're at home, give us a call, 567 3200. It's been amazing to see us uh, be able to deliver pizzas to different hospitals and let uh, healthcare workers know that we love them. Uh, I think about the Minecraft that's been taking place, this uh, virtual video game. Props to Pastor Ryan for doing that. I think about these hundreds of eggs that have been delivered to hundreds of families uh, all over the Central Valley. Uh, us being able to come to people and be able to let families have fun during this season. I can go on and on and on, but again, thank you so much. Hey, super excited for the message that God's placed upon my heart today to be able to share with you. And because we can't interact a whole lot and it's just me in front of your television or your phone or computer or whatever it is, I just want to encourage you to interact with me, engage, say uh, amen, preach a brother. If there's a point that really encourages your heart in a powerful way, write that down in the notes. Uh, engage, interact, all that kind of great stuff. In fact, we're going to try that right now. All right. I'm going to say he is risen and you're going to write He's risen indeed, all right? Hopefully uh, you can write that down. He is risen, he is risen indeed. We're gonna have a blast today uh, and we're gonna start by doing what we always do and that's the reading of God's word. So if you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse one, I'm gonna read it. The words are gonna be up on the screen and you can follow along if you have your own Bible. And this is what it says. Now after the Sabbath, Toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen as he said, come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, see, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, greetings. And they came up 
and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. And Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, right now in this moment, we pray that you would open our hearts, that you would speak clearly into our lives, and God, that we would truly understand what it means to experience hope this Easter. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, I am so excited for the message that God has placed upon my heart. And if you're just tuning in, so glad that you're here. Today, what we're talking about is experience hope. And here's why this is so important to me and why I'm so excited about it today. Because it's one thing to know about the hope of Easter, the hope of Jesus. It's another thing to experience it. In fact, let me illustrate it this way. It's one thing to watch a ball game on TV. It's another thing to go to the ballpark and eat the garlic fries and experience it. It's one thing to go and watch a roller coaster. It's another thing to get on a roller coaster, experience it for yourselves with your hands up, screaming like a girl. Yeah, I know how some of you guys are. It's, it's one thing to experience it. I think it's one thing to see a sushi roll. It's another thing to grab your chopsticks, dive in and experience it for yourself. By the way, this last week, God answered one of my prayers. My daughter, Hallie, for the first time had sushi and she loved it. That's where you say amen, all right? But it's one thing to know intellectually about something. It's another thing to experience it. And here's what happens when we know it's in our head, when we experience it, it drops down into our hearts. And my prayer today is that we would go beyond recognizing who Jesus is, but that we would develop a relationship with Jesus. Why? Because we're walking in that hope. We're we're experiencing that hope for ourselves. And the Easter story really gives us five ways to walk, to live out, to experience the hope that's only found in Jesus. If you're taking notes, point one is simply this. It's rest in God's peace. Rest in God's peace. I love two different times in this passage, once from the angel, once from Jesus, we hear the words, don't be afraid. Why? Because we're, we're subject to fear as human beings. In fact, the only two fears that we're actually born with is the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Every other fear we, we eventually develop because of someone or something that happens in our life. And yet we see and hear these words, don't be afraid. Why? Because we serve a God of peace. We all want peace. And yet the reality is the world's peace is different from God's peace. The world's peace is temporary. It's uh, something that only lasts momentarily. And yet the world's peace will always let us down. God's peace, what is it? It's, it's eternal. It's, it's lasting. In fact, Jesus put it this way in John chapter 14. He said, my peace I leave you. My peace I give to you. It's not like the world's peace. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be afraid. And I love that because Jesus is clarifying this. He's saying, you know what? The world's peace, it never satisfies. The world's peace you have to earn. My peace, it's a gift. You have to receive it. In fact, Paul put it this way in Romans chapter 5. He says, having been justified with faith, We have peace with God. You know what peace starts with? It starts with our relationship with God. What does it mean to be justified? It means that we are just as if we never sinned. See, peace starts when we're we're vertically right with God. And when we're right with God, it, it leads to this horizontal peace. Peace with others. Peace in all circumstances. In fact, Paul put it this way in Philippians chapter 4. He says, don't be anxious about anything. But in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving... 
let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your hearts and mind. I love this. It's, it's the peace of God that surpasses understanding. We don't understand it. In fact, I had somebody that called me this last week and just said, Jeremy, how are you doing? And I said, I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, I don't understand why, uh, but, but this season, God's peace is just on my life. I, I don't understand it. That's what Paul's talking about. It's beyond comprehension. What does it do? It guards your heart and it guards your mind from what? From worry, from anxiety, from fear. You know, it was in the 1960s, um, the Gaithers, many of you know them, uh, Bill and Gloria Gaither, they were going through a difficult time. Uh, Bill was uh, recovering from mono. Gloria was going through her third pregnancy, experiencing a lot of anxiety. Some of you know exactly what that's like. And yet they were trying to put their faith and trust in Jesus. Uh, these is a couple that have written so many great songs. And they got through this season. They had the baby. And they end up writing this song. And many of you know what it is. And this is, uh, this is the name of the song. It's called Because He Lives. And this is how it goes. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. I love that all fear is gone. Because I know Oh, oh, who holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. Now, raise your hand in your notes or say something. If you just sang that song because you just couldn't hold it in. But what happened? They wrote a song because of the peace they found in their relationship with God. Don't be afraid. The first thing that we need to do to experience hope this Easter is to rest in God's peace. The second thing we do to experience hope this Easter is to trust in God's promises. Trust in God's promises. Here's what it says. It says, he is not here for he is risen just as he said. I love this because the disciples, what happened? Well, days before Jesus had washed their feet. They had seen Jesus go to the cross. They saw Jesus die. They, they were disappointed. They were discouraged. They were wondering what was going on. And yet what happened? Jesus rose. Just as he said, why? Because Jesus always keeps his promises. It was in John chapter 2 where Jesus said, you tear this temple down, I'm going to build it up again in three days. He was talking about himself. He did that. Why? Because he always keeps his promises. See, we can trust in God's promises because God never lies. See, the foundation for any healthy relationship is trust. I love what Proverbs 3 5 and 6 says, says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. I love that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not, not just some of your heart, but with, with all that you are. Lean not on your own understanding. In other words, don't, don't lean on, on your own understanding. Don't lean on something else that will ultimately let you down. In all your ways, acknowledge him. What does that mean? It means to acknowledge Jesus, not just at the dinner table, not just before we go to bed, but, but in every single area of our life. And he will make your path straight. In other words, God's directing our paths. And we are walking not on our own path, but the path that Jesus Christ has laid before us. See, what's the end result of trusting in the promises of God? It's living a life of obedience. Why? Because God is for you. God loves you. God wants what is best for you. And when we understand that, we trust God and we put our trust in his promises. Thirdly, how do we experience 
the hope of Easter. Not only do we rest in God's peace, not only do we trust God's promises, but thirdly, we rely on God's power. And this is, this is what's so great, because God demonstrates his power in so many different ways through the resurrection. First of all, we see his power over death. We see his power over death. Now, there's times where I play video games with my son, Drew, and often I don't like to play, and if I'm being honest, it's because he destroys me every single time. He'll be like, Dad, you want to play video games? It's like, no. Dad, you want to play? No. Dad, you want to play? And I, like, get killed in three seconds. It's not fun. And sometimes I'll ask him how he's good, and, and what does he do? And he's like, Dad, I've got this secret password or this way so that I can live even though I die. I'm like, son, how do you do that? And as I say that, that's really what the Christian life is all about. That's what Jesus said in John chapter 11. He said, he who believes in me will live even though he dies after he said, I am the resurrection and the life. See, what did the resurrection prove? It proves Jesus' power over death. It's the hope that we have that we're going to keep on living, that there's more to this life than just this life here on earth. In fact, if we know Jesus Christ, this life on earth, this coronavirus, everything that's going on, this is the worst that it possibly gets because there are only better days for eternity with Jesus where there's no more weeping or gnashing of teeth because Jesus has power over death. Not only that, Jesus has power over sin. <laughs> I love this because there is nothing that we could do in and of ourselves to make us right with God. It's not about balancing out the scales. It's not about being a good person. No, the Bible says that our good deeds are nothing but filthy rags in the eyes of God. And we need someone that can bridge the gap between us and God. And this person is Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, that came to, to take our sin upon himself, go to the cross, and die, and not only die, rise three days later, proving to all of us that his sacrifice was sufficient in the eyes of God. I love what it says in Mark chapter 16, verse 7. This, this angel says to these two gals, Mary and Mary, go tell the disciples and, and Peter. Why Peter? Why specify his name? Because Peter is feeling horrible about himself. Peter had just got done denying Jesus three times in a time where Jesus needed him so desperately. He was probably feeling guilty. He was probably feeling distant from God. Maybe the same way that some of you are feeling today. Like you've let God down. You've disappointed him. And yet the angel says, go tell the disciples and Peter why. Because he wanted Peter to know that he was loved. He wanted to know, Peter, you're forgiven. I've got a plan. I've got a purpose for your life. Why? Because God has power not only over death, but over sin. It doesn't matter what you've done, my friend. It doesn't matter where you find yourself today. Jesus Christ has power over sin. And that's our encouragement. But not only that, we see that Jesus gives us the power to live the Christian life. I love this because the Christian life is, is such a blessing, but it's really difficult. It's a life that we can't live in and of ourselves. And so what did Jesus Christ do? He ascends into heaven, but he gives us this promise. He says, you know what? The Holy Spirit will come upon you in Acts chapter 1-8, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And what does the Holy Spirit do? He, he produces fruit in our lives that we are incapable of producing ourselves. 
It says in Galatians that the fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I, I love this because it produces a, a love in us that we can't produce ourselves. Like right now, we're locked up in our homes with our family. What do we feel like doing? We feel like killing everybody, right? And what does the Holy Spirit do? It allows us to love, allows us to be patient. And one of my favorite players in the 80s uh, when it comes to basketball was this guy named A.C. Green from the Lakers. And uh, he didn't have a lot of statistics, but he was somebody that got rebounds, played defense. But he was just a godly guy. He was a Christian guy. And there was one time, I believe it was Carl Malone, hit A.C. Green in the mouth with his elbow and literally knocked out both of his two front teeth. And what does A.C. Green do? Most guys would start a fight. Most guys would punch back. He bends down. He picks up his teeth off the floor and he walks into the locker room. And Charles Barkley's watching this game. And Charles Barkley says, that's how I knew he was a follower of Jesus Christ. Why? Because the Holy Spirit inside us gives us the power to live the Christian life. We should be functioning in such a way where people are like, man, why did you act that? Why are you so patient? Why are you so kind? Why are you so loving? Because we are yielding to the power of the Holy Spirit. See, how do we experience hope? We rest in God's peace. We trust in God's promises. We rely on God's power. But two more things we do. Point four in your notes, this is what it says. It says, then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. After they've seen that the tomb is empty, the angels say, go and tell, focus on people. Now, why focus on people? Well, because besides God and his word, the only other thing that's eternal is people. I mean, good news travels fast. You ever known people that find out that they're pregnant and, you, you know, you tell one person, then all of a sudden everybody knows or they deliver their baby and all of a sudden there's pictures everywhere. Good news travels fast. In fact, when we finally have a cure for this coronavirus, that news is going to travel so fast, people are going to have the opportunity to get a shot. We're not going to force people to get the shot, most likely, but they're going to have the opportunity. Do you want to receive this, this healing shot for the coronavirus? Well, we've got a virus that's so much deeper, so much greater than the coronavirus. It's, it's the disease of sin. And, and we've already got the solution. His name is Jesus. And people have a choice, but our responsibility is to focus on people and tell people, you know what? There's somebody named Jesus that's died in our place, that's rose from the grave, that allows us to be right with God. There's something so powerful when we are experiencing the hope of God and we are living a life that's focused on people. That's what I love about the season in our church. Yeah, we can't meet together, but, but we're focusing on people. We're, we're gathering together online. We're, we're meeting on Zoom. We're meeting people's needs. We're having blood drives. We're, we're feeding people. We're taking care of people. Why? Because we are experiencing hope through focusing on people. But there's a fifth point in your notes. Not only do we rest in God's peace, not only do we trust God's promises. Not only do we rely on God's power, not only do we focus on people, but number five, we live with passion. And I love this because these gals ran. In fact, this is what it says. 
It says, so they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. I love this. They're running. And it makes me ask you the question, what would make you run? Well, for me, there's been a couple of different times in my life where I would run. One was at Disneyland. Why would I run? I would run across the park to get first in line if I possibly could. I would run when I was in high school going trick-or-treating to get as much candy as I possibly could. Why? Because I wanted to experience having a full bag. When I was at Disneyland, I want to experience as many rides as I possibly could. So we run towards something that's good, but we also, we also run away from something that's bad. We would run out of a building if there was a fire. We would run out of the way of a vehicle. What caused these gals to run? It was, it was a life of passion, passion to see people come to know Jesus. Their, their passion to, to see people change their lives. Now, in this culture, don't miss this. People wouldn't run. Guys wouldn't run, especially gals. And they put culture to the side. Why? Because they were living a life of passion. They just wanted people to come to know Jesus. Live a life of passion. Where it's all about a people, people coming to know Jesus, people living for Jesus. How do you experience hope? Well, yeah, you rest in God's peace. You trust God's promises. You rely on God's power. You focus on people. And you live with passion. Maybe you're in a place where you feel distant from God right now, and you're thinking, where, where do I start? Where do I begin? Well, here's the good news. It's just like Mary and Mary. Jesus met them right where they were at. They found themselves chasing after Jesus, but Jesus met them right where they were at. Well, what's the response? I believe our response today should be the same response that they had. What did they do? They, they fell down at the feet of Jesus. They fell down and worshiped him. And maybe you're listening to this message today and you're thinking, you know what, I, I know about Jesus. I know who he is. I know the Easter story. But you've never got to a place where your recognition of Jesus has dropped down from your head down into your heart. And maybe today for the first time you're saying, I want to go beyond knowing about the hope of Jesus. And I want to personally experience that hope. Because you today, you're going to rest in God's peace. You're going to trust in God's promises. You're going to rely on God's power. You're going to focus on people and you're going to live a life of passion. Why? Because moving forward, life's going to be different. Instead of knowing about hope, personally, you say today, you're going to experience hope. And if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, because that's what it's about. It's about surrendering your life, giving your life to Jesus, where Jesus calls the shots. Jesus is in control. Jesus is the one that saves you. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ and truly surrendered every area of your life to Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. It can be through a simple prayer. It can be through just the attitude of the heart, but it's, it's a heart that says, God, I want to experience you. God, I want to go beyond a recognition of you and I want to start a relationship with you. God, I want to be saved from my sin. And God, I want you to make me into the person you want me to be because why? I want to have peace with you. If that's where you're at today, you can do that through a simple prayer. Let me lead you in a prayer that goes something like this. 
It's not the words of the prayer, it's the attitude of your heart. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for saving me, for dying on the cross, raising from the grave three days later, proving victory over sin and death. And in the best way that I know how right now in this moment, give my life to you. Make me into the person that you want me to be. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Awesome. If you just said yes in your heart to Jesus Christ for the first time, I just want to say congratulations. So glad that today you're beginning a relationship with Jesus Christ. Why? Because you want to personally experience hope. Now, if you did say yes, I just want to encourage you to hop onto our website, sheltercovelive.com backslash I said yes, or look for a tab that said I said yes. We would love to pray with you, follow up with you, and share with you some next steps of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Next weekend, don't miss this. Next weekend, we're starting a brand new series titled Grow uh, in this season of being under quarantine for three weeks. We're going to talk about how we don't only survive, but thrive in our walk with Christ. So can't wait for next weekend. God bless you guys. Have a great rest of the day. We'll see you next week.